Will you cut the tongue from the liar's mouth? Will you continue to let him and his brood sow the seeds of doubt? Who is the liar? The liar is you. The part that you deny is there. There are many things within life that we wish weren't true, yet they are. Many run when the truth jumps on them as the lion does its prey. Can you overpower the hyenas that stalk us throughout the day? It is critical to think about the things you surround yourself with. Not everything is there for your benefit. It might be there to poison your focus, resulting in a blindness to what can be unlocked. There is an absolute that craves to come to the surface, but will you suffocate it? The ever-looming vulture will pick your carcass bare if you choose to allow it. If there is no nourishing fruit, your soul will die. So cultivate your garden for sustenance to grow. Seek the proper seeds for your garden to flourish. The garden will not grow on its own. It needs the rays of the sun to bloom. A calm and cool rain is just as important as the warming sun. Everything outside the garden are the things that no longer matter. They do not have to affect what you've begun to build. Those things on the outside were put there for a reason. Their inner purpose is to destroy. Your new purpose is to build a fortified empire. If the outside attempts to invade, then raise the arrows of defense. The invader's attempts must be destroyed. If any refugee wants a place to rest, they must pay. Then be sent on their way. Their unstable minds can infect your empire like a virus and strangle the life from the conquered land. Very few refugees have the necessary traits to add to the power the empire has gained. Those that do are truly rare. Their words and presence are a gift to the throne. Those are the ones you take care to keep, but you cannot force them to stay. If you feel the need to use force, a snake has slithered its way into the empire. Find it and expel it, but beware, the snake can take many deceptive forms. If someone new enters your world, they must complement what's been built. They cannot hinder the progress in any way. Conflict determines if they are a complement or a burden. Pay close attention. Gut instinct is crucial for building an empire. Don't ignore it. The instinct will help you determine if you have an ally or an enemy. Never be afraid to take control. Without it, you have nothing but an out-of-control storm. There are those who want the best for you, and others want to take the best from you. They either add to you or take advantage of you. For those who take advantage, they want from you the things that they lack. For those who add, they bring more to what you already have. Without that added value, precious time is being wasted. There is no point in adding unneeded sufferings for your life. The ones who make you suffer do not care about bringing you pleasure. The same ones who make you irrational are the ones who claim they are the most sophisticated beings produced by society. How do you expect to conquer with leeches attached to your jugular? How can you expect to live when your life force is being sucked from your body? Their satisfaction comes from making your daily struggle all the more intense, with the full foreknowledge how bad you believe it already is. Will you be consumed by the chaos that your adversaries bring? Or will you embrace the chaos and create something new? The mob gives you a great opportunity to do that, to solidify a foundation that is beyond their comprehension, but not out of your sight.
fear is a very useful, but also a very dangerous emotion. Because it can blind your... It, it, it can blind how you see things, and it can blind how you think, and it can cause you to push people away that you do not want to, or really that you do not need it to push away, because they end up being a very large blessing on your life. You know, I don't believe anything happens by coincidence. I believe everything happens for a reason. And we meet people throughout our lives who either are there to teach us a lesson or they're there to help guide us through this life that is so, so, so chaotic. And I think that those who want to stick by you no matter what are the ones that you really need to pay attention to because they can teach you the things that your mind does not even come up with because it brings a new perspective onto the struggles that you go through. And that's really, really important. And, and, you know, something like that is hard to find. But when it happens out of nowhere, or in a better way to put it, is when it happens when you least expect it, that is a very, very cool feeling. And I've had that happen before. Um, it was... The best way I think I can describe it is being struck by a bolt of lightning when I seen this person. And I'm sure they're listening to this right now. They're the ones that have pushed me to do this. You know, I was very hesitant to start a podcast in the beginning because I didn't know how I was going to articulate the things that I often think about or the things that I read. Um, you know, and had it not been for this person, I probably would not be recording this right now. Um, you know, she said... If you don't do this, you'll regret it. And I don't really want to live my life with regrets because I think that regrets eventually come back to bite you in the ass. Especially when you're asleep. Because everyday life, everything we read, everything we watch can show up in our dreams. The unconscious is a very, very tricky thing. And it's like an ocean. You and you know, and that's the the way Carl Jung described it is it's a large body of water, and you know, most of the water that is on this earth we haven't even explored, we really don't know what's down there, and that is why I think he linked it to an ocean or a water or a lake because it's really hard. I mean, the water's not always clear, and that's that's the point is the unconscious produces things that are not immediately clear to us, some dreams make sense some dreams are just rather odd and you kind of wake up and it's like okay well why the hell did that happen you know and it's doing a dream journal is actually very difficult i've tried it and because see i you and i i do this and i'm not sure if anybody else does this but when i wake up depending on the intensity and the vividness of the dream i often forget what i dream about when i wake up in the morning and that's pretty frustrating because i think the you know, young, young, and I think Jordan Peterson has talked about this as well, that creativity is born from the unconscious. And that's one of the reasons why I read things that I write prior to recording, because I, I, I guess I'm wanting to put my unconscious mind out there. Be, and I, hopefully, maybe 
it can connect with somebody in a way that you know they may not quite be able to articulate with their actual words it's definitely inside their head but they don't know how to say it or you know draw it you know and and really and, and there could be any outlet that they try but there are things within our heads that are that we already know and when somebody says it physically or whether they write it out it's almost i guess you could say it's kind of like a light switch turning on because you say oh well i've always known this but it never really made sense and i never because it didn't make sense i didn't know how to say it and that is very frustrating especially for somebody who is creative when they want to draw something or when they want to write or create a piece of music and they can't quite get it out it's a i guess you could call it a creative blockage um and right now i think being everybody being well okay everybody somewhat being on lockdown now that people are starting to live again it gave a lot of people the opportunity to refine their abilities uh and it because i mean really you didn't have much to do besides watch tv or youtube all day long and sometimes that can get very monotonous um but having every, all of the normal chaos i guess is a good way to put it of life all the distractions all of the things that one has to do day in and day out whether it's a job or whether it's school or whether you're watching your kids we don't always have the time to think you know and that is something that i you know it's really odd because you wouldn't think about this but you do have to be taught how to think and it it's it's a really really weird skill because you wouldn't that's not necessarily something you would link to being having to be taught and writing for me definitely has helped get my thoughts in mind and another thing that i do too is whether it's a movie or a conversation that i had with somebody and um if they say something that rather connects to me or if it's something that pops up later it helps to be able to write down what i'm thinking about or what had happened because it it kind of puts the whole situation i guess you could say into perspective and you really when you write it out and this is why i kind of stressed writing in the last time i recorded is when you're writing it you're thinking about it and when you're thinking about it and you're able to write it articulately or maybe not but you're still trying to work it out shape it and you internalize that and i think a lot of people internalize fear and that leads that them to having severe anxiety problems in my opinion and you know some will say well i can't write well necessarily you know it could just be a journal I mean, nobody's got to read it but be expelling internalized fear can really help somebody calm down and when that is coming from your head into a piece of music or writing um or just a conversation with yourself because i mean everybody ha talks to themselves inside their head i mean you might some say oh well no i didn't yeah you do um 
and that internal dialogue, if there is no outlet to kind of slow that dialogue down and kind of rewind what was going on, that dialogue can absolutely cause you to be frustrated. It can cause you to lose sleep. And that can really wear somebody down. And when you're worn down, you are very easily overwhelmed. And when you get overwhelmed, you can't really function correctly. You'll make decisions that you may not normally make, or you will... It'll lead you to things that may seem out of character for you. And even if it's in your most private moments, or if it's in a social setting, that feeling, that... It courses throughout your body. And our bodies take in a lot more than I think people want to admit. And that can cause pain, because pain can wear you out too. I remember when I was in the hospital, I had to go back for pain management because it was so intense. Which is pretty abnormal for me, because given what I've been throughout my life, I've got a pretty high pain tolerance. And a nurse was walking me one day. And I just kind of said, you know, it's amazing how pain can affect your psyche and your ability to think. And it, I wouldn't say it, it fragments it, but I do think it makes it harder to make sense of. And maybe that is the root of being overwhelmed, because if you can't make sense of anything, how are you supposed to act upon those thoughts and it, not every thought we have is healthy and with those thoughts you have the unhealthy ones you really kind of have to examine okay well what is causing that is it something you're watching is it a particular cause you are involved in is it something you're reading maybe you know everything in our environment has an influence on us whether it's a single moment of when you're trying to record and somebody opens a door and they're doing something nice for you, but you're so frustrated because you've tried to, you're doing something over and over and over and over again. That little flash of anger, you know, that's frustration. That's maybe that's not anger. That's frustration. So when you've got, you're angry, you're overwhelmed, you're frustrated, you're going to make a lot of stupid ass decisions and you're going to say a lot of stupid things. Which just makes your life harder in the end. And that can lead you to push people away that you probably should not. And not everybody thinks in a fast pace. But anxiety definitely does this, speed up your thinking. And I think maybe that might be part of the root of it. I'm still kind of trying to figure that out. Um... You know, and then you've got people who have to take medication for anxiety and depression. And I am not sure that there is not a single person on this planet that does not have some form of anxiety or depression. It may not necessarily be um, clinically severe, but in one form or another, everybody's got it. And, you know, it... It takes a lot to be able to get up in the morning 
if you feel like you've got an elephant sitting on your chest. Or if you've got somebody, or you're, you're so tense you end up with a migraine and it feels like somebody's digging their claws into your skull. That's frustrating. Um, and that can affect your mood too. I mean, you can be in a crap mood for days because of it. And that's kind of the idea of what I was trying to convey to that nurse is it, it almost felt like I was a completely different person. I did not feel myself when I was in pain. And that type of pain, especially after post-op, anybody who has, has a surgery knows how post-operation pain, how bad it sucks. And how hard it is to sleep, especially if you're used to, you know, sleeping on your side, sleeping on your stomach. Kind of just depends on where you've been operated on. Um, and pain can even affect how you talk. And when I say talk, I don't mean the words. I mean how you convey those words, how your voice comes out. Uh, and it, you can really, honestly, you can hear the pain in somebody's voice and you can see it in their eyes. Even if it's a subtle pain, you can see it. And I can, I, that's something that I have had to work on for quite a while because, you know, a lot of people come to me for advice and that's perfectly fine. And I can tell when something is wrong from somebody. It's not necessarily that I can feel their pain. My mom can do that, but I can see it. And it's not, the look is kind of hard to describe. I've not really figured out a good way to describe it yet. I wouldn't say they have tears in their eyes. And I wouldn't necessarily say it's that, that they have black circles. It's just a certain look that you just know. And there are things that you just know. There's no words to describe them accurately anyway. Um, it's almost like, it's almost like your soul knows. And I really think we underestimate the idea of the soul and consciousness. And that may be why, you know, someone can see or feel somebody's pain. Because I know, you know, you hear people talk about being empath and they can feel other people's emotions and all that. And that, you know, a lot of people have talked about how that can be draining. Uh, and that's a really, really odd phenomenon, but it's really fascinating to hear somebody talk about and maybe being an empath for somebody can give them the foresight to be able to talk to somebody, to be able to be there when you need them. Or if you've got such a deep bond with somebody that you can feel when something's wrong with them, even if they are miles away. I've got that with a few people. It's really cool because those types of bonds form out of nowhere and they form when you least expect them. And I think for me personally, those bonds are the ones that mean the most because those bonds, in one way or another, last. And they're always there, even if you don't necessarily like the person anymore. They played an important role in your life, even if if it was only for a couple of years or whatever. They, in one way or another, that's shaped who you are. And it's not something to be underestimated. It really isn't because it then turns your attention not only just to your... It, 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 okay, take that back. It prevents you from being as selfish as human beings have a tendency to do and some overdo it. 
But when you create that bond, you aren't just thinking about yourself. You're thinking about the other person. And I think that it's a very... It's, I wouldn't say it's the same type of bond, but I think it's very similar to what a parent has with their children. Because, you know, a parent just knows when something's wrong with their kid or, you know, whether to... Whether if they have a flash of anger, whether or not to take them seriously or know if they're going to get over it. A parent knows. And maybe that was... Maybe that's one of the reasons why they do the skin-to-skin -skin contact after a baby is born. And, you know, one of the things that I've been looking into lately to try to understand, because it's it's always kind of blown my mind how something like that can happen, but human beings can imprint on another human being, just like a dog can on their owner, or just like... Uh, I've seen reptiles do it, too. I, I asked a breeder about his monitor lizards if he thought they imprinted. Because their behavior with him was so fascinating to watch. And he told me that he thought that they did. Um, and, you know, you hear people say, well, there's no evidence for, you know, reptiles being able to bond to their owners. Well, I, I, I beg to differ. But the question is, is, do scientists want to take the time? And maybe, well, maybe scientists, whether it be a biologist, I would say you would probably need a biologist and a psychologist to do, and maybe psychiatrist to do this. But they need to do studies on how animals imprint on humans. And if we can figure out that process, maybe we can figure out how a human being can imprint on another. And maybe that imprinting process is one of the reasons why certain individuals get overly attached to maybe their significant other or best friend. So it's really, you know, yeah, there's... You know, and see that, and that's the thing. That's why it's kind of hard to talk about right now at this moment. And maybe I ought to move on. But that process is fascinating. So, if anybody listening to this has information on the imp imprinting or knows about it, uh, contact me on Twitter. Let me know because I'd I'd love to read about what you got or what you know or you know maybe what your experience is with this process. If you've ever thought you might have felt it with somebody. Uh, you can contact me on Twitter at para, P-A-R-A, Bell, B-E-L-L, Veritat, V-E-R-I-T-A-T. That's how you get a hold of me. If you've got any information on that process, or maybe if you think the there's a difference between a friendship imprint and a significant other imprint, and a mother, daughter, father, son, son, daughter, you know, whatever... Those processes, if you have any of the information, please send it to me. I'd love to read it. Uh, you know, a little bit shorter than last week, but I uh, hope everybody enjoyed this, and take care.